When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for downloading uh, the podcast. We have got a cracking show coming up. We've got some uh, caller from a United caller called Richard. Um, Oli Solskjaer's his favourite player. Yeah. He's uh, quite knowledgeable and talks about the good times being back at Old Trafford. Yeah, so, so much so, in fact, that uh, he could have made a good substitute for you today because you're feeling a bit He peaky. could, yeah. Listen, my voice is gone. <laughs> when we Lukaku put that... Listen, we should have a little, like, play along at home, right? At the moment at which Alex turns into Bernard Manning, go, woo! <laughs> my voice just absolutely goes. That's Lukaku's fault for scoring that goal yesterday. Yeah, lo- loads of stuff in today. In fact, it's probably more than there was goals at City today, so that was quite nice. Yeah. Fun times on. And it's a big week for City continues. We've got uh, Burton in the Cup on Wednesday. Uh, United, what have you got next? United, uh, we've Cup, got, we've, no, we've, we're not in that one. We've got Tottenham uh, on Sunday away so that'll be a big game that's Solskjaer's first test uh, also in this show we talked to a Liverpool fan um, about are they prioritising the league and does he think they'll win it really yeah. after after going down against City and we hear from some very uh, picky angry Liverpool fans as well it's all coming up in the show uh, so enjoy it and uh, thanks for listening Manchester Football Social Hello and welcome to the Manchester Football Social with both sides of the city covered. Uh, covering all things blue is me, I'm Ant McGinley, and I'm through and through blue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> through and through blue. Uh, I'm Alex Bowman and I'm red, which is the appropriate answer for that. And these are the FA Cup headlines, which is something I've always wanted to say. So, um, City today snuck past Rotherham yeah, with a lucky, a lucky 7-0. Um, six very of which, close there. six of which shouldn't have been allowed. Actually, tell you what, that first half was a lot closer. They they did very well themselves, rather. Um, yeah. Or rather, should I say, just Jesus was having a real off day. Well, maybe. Uh, United brilliantly, only two 0 though against Reading. Uh, Bolton beat Walsall five two. Come which, on, which is a great result, but possibly, possibly the result of the day away to Fulham, Oldham. 
just beat they took 4,000 fans and they won 2-1 that's amazing what, did they have all 4,000 fans on the pitch and that's how but it was <laughs> like they sucked it in but apparently what a fantastic result that is a way to fun whoever your team are you can get involved in the conversation this evening this is the Manchester Football Social it is the voice of the fans so 0345 111 to get your voice on or you can get us on social media you can tweet us at MCR Footy Social, and I tell you what, a little just noticed a little shaking in my voice, hmm. and I, I've been I've been a bit off it these last few days. I know there's been a bug coming around, but honest to God, I'm still recovering from Thursday night. Right, would get drunk, did you? No, it wasn't got drunk. I was just that nervous about it. So obviously, it was billed to be the biggest game of the season, and you know what? For once, it lived up to the hype. Yeah, it was one of these games that was actually it was blood and thunder. It was like what a derby should have been, right? And I, honest to God, I was that nervous. As soon as the game finished, I, I, I couldn't get tickets for it. As soon as the game finished, went home, went straight to bed. And then a couple of hours later, I got up and was very, very ill. Just all the nerves came out again. I spent all night on the big white telephone talking to Huey. Wow. Yeah. Well, it feels like a 7-0 Rotherham must have been quite an easy, a sort of very, very, very opposite game to that. Because any 7-0 just seems to be like a... Yeah, well, I, th- I think I think what's, it, what's interesting about this is obviously we had um, Spurs did it the other night, and Spurs, yep. Spurs taking the FA Cup very seriously. Because yep. City, were- I was amazed at City's side. So if you've not seen it, um, the City side had Phil Foden, yep. not Foden, Foden in. Yeah. Um, and other than that, you would have said th- those are all. Yeah, started with. with I mean, I, I was surprised that they they put Edison in goal. I thought he might have got a break, but he started off in goal. Yeah, you Mares had, played. Yeah, Mares played. Yeah, you had Stones, and well, at the minute, Mares and Jesus are our second team. <laughs> it seems to be very much. But the the back was Stones and Otamendi, um, which is still strong anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we brought on a new lad as well, the Dutch lad, uh, Philippe. I can't remember his surname now, but he came on made his debut. Uh, great goal from Foden, but they, they again took it strong, took it seriously. Uh, Spurs the other night, 6-0 up and went, this isn't enough, let's bring on Harry Kane. Bring on Harry That's Kane. That's taking it serious. United um, played I think more of some more of the fringe players, yeah. um, a lot of academy players. I tell you what, possibly the best haircut in football ever. Yes, this this new lad that came on. I've got his name on. on uh, Tahith Chong. He's d- called. D- thank God you're here to yeah. say that because I would have struggled. He's fantastic. He's he's been great. Um, he was injured most of last season. Right. We signed him as like a 15, 16 year old, and he was like, oh, he's he's like the new like amazing sort of midfielding attacker a bit like it, it kind of got the same haircut as Rude Hullet a bit no it's, it's more than that if you think of if you're of a certain age Carlos Valderrama yeah possibly yeah. Valderrama he actually looks like um, there's a I don't know if it's a cockapoo or something that I see on the dog walk and it has a bobbling you know one of those dogs that's right. just got hair all over its face uh, and I noticed yesterday he had a bobbling yeah, he's the kind of guy that would make Fellaini when he used to have the hair or, or David Luiz get really jealous yeah, well, he brought he brought both of them on. So I brought Fellaini and Chong on both at the same time, and I thought it was a fantastic debut. Really, really one of the better um, United debuts that I've seen in recent years. He, uh, he looked every hundred percent comfortable. So the good thing about that is that Solskjaer's come in. He's playing the youth, which was, despite what he said, was something that Jose never did. Well, I dispute that. I think Mourinho didn't do bad for that. For instance. Um, Dowell, Rash, Rashford was the most minute, he had the most minutes last season of any United player, and he was like 20 at the time. Yeah. So that's, that's not that's, true. That, that's one player that's not bringing lots and lots of other players through. 
And I, I don't think this bit. Well, he also brought McTominay through. He was nineteen, and he gave him he, his debut, and he played him like six, seven times, which is yeah. much think, more than Fodden. I think with I think with yesterday's game, Solskjaer's almost given match time to two thirds of all the youngsters that. Well, he started did. in midfield. Pereira, who's yeah. a youth team player who's been out on loan in Spain, um, he was brought back at the beginning of this season. Uh, he played McTominay. Um, and he also played Fred, who we bought from Brazil. And these players... Uh, well, we bought from Germany, aren't, aren't but he's Brazilian. Yeah, aren't all getting first-team football under Mourinho. He's played them, and he's won again, which means he's now got an equal record, just for the first five games, not in total, to uh, Matt Busby, which is pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's ridiculous. It's, I mean, in some ways, it's dreamland. In another way, you can... It's, I, I, I always worry. I'm going. Am I being spun something? Because I, when he, when we first signed Solskjaer, the mood was so gloomy around the club and around Old Trafford, and also any any game you were playing. The performances against City, against City was awful. Against Liverpool was so so bad, um, and it was like we got. We knew we had Newcastle away coming up, and you think like probably going to get beat away at Newcastle. We might manage to beat Bournemouth at home because we we beat them away 2-1 and stuff. But there was no, like, looking forward to the games. The whole, like, Boxing Day, you know, that big celebration of the football calendar and you you kind of like, oh, is this going to be, you know, a t- ruined Christmas, basically? So Solskjaer was brought yeah, in, I that, think. That, that happened to City. You're fine. It we, did, we, yeah. We City but it was, it was, which kind of conversely made mine better as well. But, um... It, it's. I, I was always thought like, oh, is this like a bit of a PR exercise from Woodward to kind of get the fans on side and to basically whitewash the fact we're probably not going to sign anybody in January, the fact we didn't really sign enough players um, at the beginning of the season. And to be honest, I don't care. If I'm being lied to, I love it at the minute because it's just great to be a United fan again and it's not been that pleasant all season. It's no, been awful. I have five words for you, Alex. Nothing can go wrong now. No, nothing. <laughs> no. Well, this time next week, uh, we'll be talking about the the Tottenham game. We'll have just finished. Tottenham yeah. away. We'll finish five minutes from now next week. So who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, and both those teams actually could have quite a big say in the championship as it finishes in the Premier League. Who's going to win? Because both Spurs and United have got to play at City and Liverpool again. And I think maybe yep. we should have a little chat with a Liverpool supporter right now. It is your show, by the way. It's the voice of the fans. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can give us a call 0345 one seventy six twenty five, or you can drop us a line on social media at MCR Footy Social. Yeah, so we're going to speak to um, Bobby. So, Bobby, what do you think? Let's talk about the FA Cup first. Are Liverpool going to go for it against Wolves? Nobody won't. This one, um, they've already talked about different right back. Uh, there's, a, there's another kid coming through, another prodigy, apparently. I don't know too much about him, but he's in the same ilk um, as young Trent Alexander Arnold, right. as Klopp's put it. I don't, I can't remember his name, but he was talking about him in his press conference this week. So it might be an opportunity to bring some new blood in because one thing that Klopp said when he came to the club was one thing I want to say to all the younger players is welcome. I'm here. In other words, you're going to get a chance. And it was interesting because he's let Kleine go this week, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he just went today, didn't he? Well, that's the one place you've not really got any cover at when you look at it. Well, according to Klopp, we have now with this this kid. He's he's 18, I think, just. So, 
you know, if you, it's funny. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder for Liverpool, and I've seen what's happened with Trent, and it's it's funny. Between last year and getting to the Champions League final, it was weird. You, you often think of players that you watch as a kid, and when you become an, uh, you know, an older person going to the game, I watched that lad go from a boy to a man last season. Do you know what I mean? So it could be a it could be a chance to to bring in some new players, and I think. Well, not bringing new players, but to promote from within. And Klopp seems to want to do that. And that's what they used to do in Germany. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's a must-win game. Um, well, it is. That's kind of how cup a... competitions win. <laughs> well, do, well, do you mean yeah, you're not bothered? Yeah, yeah. You don't care about it? No, I, well, it's sad to say, isn't it? I'm sort of, I'm sort of expecting maybe to get beat tomorrow. Yeah, well, I mean? you're on a bit of a run for that now. <laughs> Oh come on! One game in twenty twenty one or whatever it is. Yeah, no, know. it's not a bad record to be fair. <laughs> Dude, you, he's, he supports City, so he's you know obviously oh, he's he's, oh, de- right, he's delighted okay, about um, about when Thursday wasn't it? Thursday's game. Hey, I think I think all the United yeah. fans are delighted about it as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I did. It's funny. It's funny. I've heard. I've heard. I, I sort of seen a bit on social media the the, the sort of. Uh, What's the right word to use? They sort of plagiarised the City badge and the United badge together saying Manchester is United. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, didn't, no, no, I wouldn't I go that far. Um, so, Bobby, what did you think about the game on Thursday? Obviously, it was like billed as the biggest game of the season. Do you think... I personally don't think Liverpool played as well as I've seen them in, 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 in many games. They froze, mate. They froze. I mean, I, like you say, I've been, I've, I've not missed a game in terms of watching it or anything this year. And for me, they froze. And I think, you know, you look at Palace and those teams that have beat City this year, they didn't. They went for the jugular. You know, we've got far better players than Crystal Palace put together. We've got far better players than Leicester put together. You know, and what they did show in those games is if you go for them, they'll crack. But, but then you managed to do that last season, particularly in the Champions League as well. So what's different now? Because it's not like your your, your squad's better than it was. They've just not done it before, mate. I think that's what it is. Is it, you yeah. think it's the pressure of the league, the the winning being seven points clear, there would have been would have been game over, wouldn't it, for the league? No, I don't. I don't think it's the pressure of the league. I think it's the pressure of playing for Liverpool. I think it's well. You you look at some United players, or you look at some players that go to Arsenal or, or whatever, you either embrace it or you freeze. You know, and I, and I do believe some of those players just, you know, they just they just froze on Thursday. That's my opinion. Because I was watching it going, what are we knocking it round at the back for? <laughs> what are we doing this for? You know, um, and then they, they, when they got the goal back, and I think Fabinho was the, was the difference for me. I love that mm. guy. I, I, if, when you see him live... I almost seen Henderson trying to do some of the things that Fabinho does. He just knocks it onto his left foot, then he's right, and he glides past people. You know, and I could see Henderson trying a little bit of that, but he isn't in, unfortunately. What about um, um, what about Klopp's decision to take Mane off, who I thought was one of the better Liverpool players, and replacing with Shaqiri, who I thought was pretty much anonymous when he came on? Yeah, but it, you, you're coming on at 2-1. You know, I think I think the team. I agree with you. I almost I almost agree with the team that finished the game was the team that should have started the game. Do you know what I mean? You sometimes you look at games and you go, right? We know Shakiri's been that guy that unlocks the door, and City have got two players in in both the silvers. 
that can do that in Bernard and David. Um, you know, they, they've got two players like that, and we've got one in Fabinho now, and we've got we've got a, like a, a man of steel in in Milner, and then you've got someone like Sikiri that can just put in a little pass pass or get into the right space, and they didn't do that on Thursday. That's the team that should have started. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The team that it's like United when we played United, the team that finished the game was stronger. And I just think Klopp, he didn't go for it for me. They, they all didn't go for it on Thursday. I think they just froze a little bit. If that game was at Anfield, if that game was at Anfield, I guarantee you, I guarantee you he wouldn't have sat back. But I was really impressed with the City fans. You know, Liverpool did this last time when they got to the Champions League in 2005. And I was like, that's the lads, the lads that I got the game with. This is our time to invest. And everyone's going, oh, Liverpool have spent £207 million or whatever it works out to be. Can Liverpool win it? Do you still think Liverpool are going to win it? Do you think they're favourites? If you'd have said to me, end of November, by the time you're on the 5th of Jan, you'll have gone 20 games unbeaten or whatever it works out to be, 21 games unbeaten, you'll lose to City and you'll be four points ahead of them on the 5th of Jan or whatever it is today, 6th of Jan, and I bit your hand off. So, yes, we can, we can. I think we can win it. That front three is good. The midfield's good. I'm not bothered about Monday. I'm, I'm just, I just don't care. Uh, I'm just worried about Brighton on Saturday. But, yes, I think we can win it. I said we could win it at the beginning of the year, and I'm still going to stick to that. Well, I'm, I'm worried about the fact that even though Suarez is gone, you lot are still biting. Cheers, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> See you, Bobby. See you later, guys. See you. Bye. Thanks for having us on, No problem, Bobby. You're more than welcome. If you want to join in as well and get in touch with us, of course you can as well. You can drop us a line. Uh, 034. Do people still say that? Drop us a line? Don't know. Give us a, give us a tweet. A tweet. Yes. Oh, well, you call us 0345 7625. Apparently less people are using landlines now, but you can. it costs the same on the mobile anyway. So yeah, yeah, and we'll call you back. Yeah, Don't worry uh, about the And cards. on Twitter, seeing as you've said it as well, at MCR Footy Social is the mm. way to get in touch with us. Do you know what? I'm Just the way that call ended then, yeah. I just realised something. Even after the City victory, I think I agree with Bobby. I think Liverpool might do it. It's awful. Well, as it stands, they're four points clear. Yep. Uh, the goal difference is identical. Yeah, goal differences, people get worked up about that because it's coming to play maybe once in about 40 years. So I would, it's it's not that relevant, goal difference. Did, did we, when we won in 2012, we didn't beat yeah, you on goal difference, did You it? did, with possibly like the worst United side Ferguson. So, so you're saying goal difference doesn't count, but it did then? No, I'm saying it very rarely comes into play. Yeah, but it did then. Yeah, once. Yeah. That's what that's the you, exact you, point. You lost the league. So he said Yeah, with the worst side we did yeah, and then the year after we go out by Van Persie and walk it. Absolutely uh-huh. walk it. Yeah, you're gonna win this season. No, no, Ferguson's not there anymore, is he? Well he's back now. He's been back at he came in on New Year's Eve, he was in the train uh, Carrington on uh, Yeah, he just had a walk. Yeah, he had a walk. I think they're, bring, they're trying to bring back that, that, that flavour for it. Well, yeah, everything I keep reading and hearing, I saw an interview on American television with Mike Phelan, and he said the word Manchester United about ten times. Manchester United way, they're playing for Manchester United, we need to play like Manchester United. Solskjaer said it in nearly every press conference, and yeah. I think it's getting through to some of the players. That, that sounds good in a sense, but then at the same time, that almost makes me think that it's a bit like brick in Anchorman. You know, you can only say that one word. Oh, yeah. I, I love lamp. 
you know, I love desk. I love, the, is it just that, you know, it's not, there's not so much a philosophy, just a, maybe a, a, an incredible simplicity and not in the good way. Well, I, I don't know. I think that they've, we've had a rough time with Mourinho, with Van Gaal, especially. Moyes started reasonably well and that soon disintegrated and stuff. And I just think they want to get back to, Great. Nobody's frightened to go to Old Trafford anymore. And I think that might be slight, slightly coming back. Well, actually, this, so th this is going to change now. So Spurs have already been and beat you at Old Trafford. You've got to go yep. up to Wembley and play them. City have got to go to Old Trafford. Yep. Yeah. And Liverpool have got to go to Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those two games particularly could have a big... Especially because now you're playing very differently to when both teams played you earlier. Well, all the attackers are playing well, and the midfield are, are particularly playing well. Um, I thought <laughs> the, the problem is your defenders. The defenders the are still exactly the same defenders. That in the Tottenham game, we didn't put a couple of chances away that we had. Um, the first goal, if I remember correctly, Phil Jones just did not jump with Harry Kane from a corner. The next two goals were Moira scored and... Uh, Smalling both times, especially for the last one, just could have brought him down 30, 40 yards away from goal and just let him skip past. So three individual errors in a big game against Tottenham. I always feel Phil Jones has got an error in him. Um, would you? Would he play against Liverpool, City, and and not cause you know not cock up? I don't think he can. Twenty third of April, two thousand and thirteen, Manchester United manager Sir Alex Ferguson believes Phil Jones can go on to become the greatest player. In the club's history, he, honestly, I, that first season when Jones came, I, I, people were talking about Duncan Edwards, who's a player I never saw. Um, but I saw Jones in that first season. He he was so fast, he was so strong. He's about two stone lighter than he currently is now. Um, we didn't know he was so injury prone and so error prone. But honestly, in that first season, he looked incredible. It's like we've got a future captain here. We've got an absolute leader. And <laughs> how wrong can you be? <laughs> It's like by you know, like when we signed Sanchez, you kind of thought, oh, we're going to get this brilliant World Cup player and stuff, and it, effectively we signed Danny Wallace again. That's what it looks like yeah. to me. Or, or with his injury record, Danny Welbeck, because he's, yeah. he's done that same hamstring again. Yeah, and it's like he played two. I mean, but he had a really good preseason. He, he started the game against Leicester, I think, played quite well. Yeah. Um, next game out, Brighton. Boom, he's injured. He's not. He's he's out for three, four. It, it's been like that. Possibly, maybe, maybe the thing is, maybe it's not his fault. Maybe because we all know he's on this this big contract because they didn't, they got him in a swap deal and he's on a big wages. Now I don't know the ins and outs, but if his wages are actually not per week but per game, maybe some oh, wow. one yeah, of the accountants yeah. just keeps kicking him in the shin <laughs> every time he goes past him. Well, I'm self-employed and tax uh, tax is due at the end of the month, so maybe he's just trying to be like, oh, and yeah, I've not saved that. enough. Let's stay <laughs> under the threshold. <laughs> I think he's under a very different threshold than the one yeah, I'm under. Maybe his goal bonus really puts him in a whole lot of trouble. Uh, we're going to speak some more about United. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can give us a call. It's 0345-111-7625. Or if you want to talk about Oldham, you want to talk about Bolton, you want to talk about City, whatever it is, it's your show. Uh, let's talk about it. And of course, speaking of injuries, we're going to play a nice little game just before 7 o'clock as well. Uh, see if you can work out how these famous footballers injured themselves. So uh, just prep your medical mind. Okay. And uh, we'll do that just before seven o'clock on the Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. It is the Manchester Football Social. Thank you very much for joining us. And myself, Ant McGinley, representing Man City. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I switched you off then. Typical. 
Typical doxy. Dirty tricks. More it's, of that in a little it's while. It's financial fair play all over again. I'm Alex Borman representing Manchester United. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, as always, 0345 7625 or at MCR Footy Social. Remember, you can also download the podcast as well. There's a specific one as well for United and for City fans. Yes, you don't have to listen to the other nonsense. Yeah. So if this is enough Alex for you and you don't want any more of that, just uh, search for Manchester City Football Social and you won't hear him anymore. Oh. I, pre- I presume it's the other way around yeah. if you you want to hear the truth, the whole truth and yeah. nothing but the truth. If you want more Alex Boardman in your life, <laughs> Manchester United Football Social. Or just search Manchester Football Social. It's, yeah, it's there. You search for that, you'll find it. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with us, uh, please do. But the big headline scores from today, it's been a very busy FA Cup weekend, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah, just to recap, City won 7-0 against Rotherham, luckily. <laughs> um, but you United... know what my favourite thing about that was if you've not seen it look at the pictures of the Rotherham manager and there's one of him next to Pep as well they're almost doppelganger like really? yeah um, <laughs> okay United beat Reading yesterday 2-0 uh, Bolton beat Walsall at home 5-2 and possibly the result of the day Oldham away to Fulham down at Craven Cottage uh, took 4,000 fans and beat them 2-1 to be Oldham are not bad in the FA Cup. I remember a few times in the last few years seeing Montelli. Yeah. They seem to draw Liverpool every. It was like I don't know if it's the next round, but they, they played Liverpool one season. They played Liverpool again, then they didn't play them. Then they played them again. Or something. Yeah, and of course they had that, that sort of golden age going back to like yeah, the nineties yeah. where they'd always do very well. And that's of course uh, when they got up back into the first division as well. All right, so if you want to get in touch with us about any of those things, uh, you can do. Richard is joining us on the line. Let me load him up. Where have I put him? There we go. Richard should be there right now. Hello, Richard. No, I've pushed the wrong button. There we go. It's a good job they didn't get any professionals in to do this. Da, da, da. Ah, that doesn't seem to be... Is he, he going to be um, an Oldham fan? Is he a City fan? Oh, no, oh. he's... Has he gone? He's gone. I'm here. Oh, is he? Oh, no, I've put, I've, put, I've put him on the phone rather than in the unit. Hang on, Richard, hang on. I know what I did. Right, I got. I know what I did. I didn't actually put the phone up. There, there we go. We go. Schoolboy error. This one happened on Virgin. This one happened on Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a Man United fan, Richard, yes? Yes, I certainly am. And, you know, usually what I've been doing at this point in the show is going, I'm very sorry, consolations. But right now, Manchester United fans seem to be very happy. Oh, the good times are back. The, the Solskjaer feel-good factor. He's come in, he's brought his ray of Solskjaer sunshine and, and we're, you know, we're not going to win the league or anything, but it's just nice to be on a winning streak and uh, the shackles are off from Mourinho. You know, it's just great to be back, you know, winning and, and happy times around Old Trafford. Yeah, it does, the atmosphere's certainly lifted, hasn't it? And I mean, yesterday was a particularly good atmosphere because they moved um, the J-Stand singers in the corner. <laughs> J-Stand singers. They got the full uh, away end, which happened earlier last year against Brighton, I think. And that just created a... a fa- they just sang throughout the match, didn't they? It was just a really a, a really good atmosphere at Old Trafford again. Oh, yeah, it's just great. Like I know sometimes I say there's a lot of plastic fans there and a lot of tourist fans, but if you hear the Stretford end, where the, all the, you know, the, the majority of the real fans are, that's... You know, that's the loudest part of the stadium, and it's just—it's great to hear it all again. It really is. It's, it's the cheering's back. As I said, the field was it and it's all because of Solskjaer. And how long have you been? Like. How long have you been a United fan, Richard? Oh, since about uh, 1992, when they won the Rumblows Cup. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. right, I remember so, that. Yeah, so you would have been there when Solskjaer arrived then. 
Oh, yeah, and he's, he's my favourite player as well. Got him on all my shirts from 96 onwards. Uh, even now, when I buy the retro shirts, I always put Solskjaer on the back. He just, he, he, and I can't believe he's there. And as I said, he's brought his history with him and, and all the fans know what he's about and all the players know what he's about and that's why they're playing for him. Whereas, I feel they weren't playing for Mourinho. But you must, have been, play for him. you must have been a little bit worried, though, because of what happened when he was at Cardiff. Well, it's funny you say that, because I've, uh, I've got a few stats here, because when he was at Cardiff, <laughs> uh, he, he, had, he had 18 games, he won three, drew three, lost 12 of them, only scored 17 goals and conceded 42, and then they got relegated. So I was slightly, only a little bit apprehensive, because I thought once the, the um, you know, the, the, the Solskjaer good factors been and gone, and it's, it's kind of like, but, but do you know what? He, he's proved you wrong. He's five five games on the bounce, uh, even though, you know, it was Cardiff, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Reading. You know, you think United would beat them teams, but under Mourinho, who, who knows if they would have done or not. Yeah, we weren't defensive. We didn't beat Derby, I seem to recall, at home. We didn't beat Brighton away and stuff. So, um, and Wolves at, at Palace. There were a lot of... We should have we should have won a lot of games with Mourinho that he just d- d- couldn't... The team just didn't seem to be turning up. And that seems to be... I mean, not, I'm not just talking about the stars, but yesterday some of the players that played Fred in midfield, McTominay, Pereira... How did how do you think they played? Well, it's nice to see the uh, fringe players coming through again. Well, I say Fred, not a fringe player, but Tommy was. Uh, and as I was speaking to your uh, producer, I think Nyla's name was, or William Fred, and he was saying that in, in all the years that Mourinho was there, the only person that he brought through from, from the youth team was McTominay, who was a defensive player. And under the Fergie years, all the players he brought through were mainly attacking, which kind of proves the point that, you know, Mourinho was a defensive manager. And he's got, you know, you score a goal and then bring them back to defend, defend, defend and you'd be hanging on, hanging on, hanging on and you just knew that the other team were going to score an equaliser or even score two in the last couple of minutes because yeah. that's what he was like what I remember now, Chelsea I away specifically when we were 2-1 up and actually we were playing really well and then for the last 15 minutes we just sat back and they got an equaliser you know, in added time or something, in injury time I think that hampered us What do you think about um, Chong then? Did you see him yesterday? Sorry, say that again, sorry. Um, Chong, when he came on for his debut with yeah, about think, 20 minutes I, I think, to go. I think it's funny to think of him as a fringe player, given his haircut. <laughs> yeah, ants. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's like very much in the vein of a, of a United sort of attacking, exciting, young player. Well, at first, when I saw the team, I thought, oh, are we going to take it seriously? Because... Um, you know, United, they're a trophy winning team and, and I know, I, don't, I know I sound ungrateful when they said, you know, they won the Europa League uh, on the Marina, they won the league title but, uh, sorry, the, the League Cup but that, they, I know it sounds ungrateful, they're, they're not really United trophies, they want to go for the FA Cup the Champions League, the Premiership, so even though they won the Europa League and the and the, and the League uh, Cup, I didn't feel they were you know, they weren't United trophies as such um, but, so when I saw that team they put out, I thought, oh, is Solskjaer is he, is he hanging on uh, not hanging on. So is he rather going for the, try and get fourth place and forget about the FA Cup? But they proved me wrong. They played, they played really well, you know. And so it just proves that you bring the youth through, and um, things can happen. So just 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 because you mentioned trophies there, Richard, let me ask you this: as a fan, how important are trophies? Because the the fact is is that you won a couple under Mourinho in the first season. You got the, the yep. European yep. Cup, and then you uh, you won the League Cup, Cup Charity Shield, Charity Shield as well in the first year. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, Van Gaal got the FA Cup. The year, right? be, the yeah. year before that, yeah. Uh, uh, Moyes, Marine, won, Moyes Mar- won you nothing. Moyes won nothing. Yeah. Mourinho yeah. got to the FA Cup final last season. Yeah. But the thing is, it is obviously that's not enough for a lot of people. They don't just want 
trophies in the or, or finals. They want a certain style. Now, mm. you've got that style back with Ollie. Do you think that that style and Ollie and the team you've got now, because I don't think anybody new is really going to come in, can that win you something? Because you're still in a couple of competitions. Well, everybody knows that United have got great attacking players, but under Mourinho, they weren't allowed to flourish. Um, the thing that worries me, really, is the defence. Like, if you go back a few years, you had the partnership of Vidic and Ferdinand. Nothing was getting past them. Well, a few did, but not that money. And then back in the 90s, Pallister and Bruce. So United can attack, attack, attack. And the next big test is against Spurs. Now, they can attack against Spurs, but then they leave themselves open at the back. Um, so, but it's just nice to see them playing like they used to do under Fergie because Solskjaer is all about that. You know, he knows how Fergie played, uh, made them play, and uh, I mean, I'm, I've even seen in the papers that like uh, you know, he's he sort of having little meetings with uh, Sir Alex about certain things, and um, it's just nice to see the, the attacking, flowing football coming back. But as I said, the defence at the back is what worries me. It always seems to be like long balls in from the box; they can't defend it. That's, that's, that's my opinion, anyway. So, how do you, do you feel? Watching the game, I'm assuming you watched the game on Thursday night, Liverpool going to the Etihad. Um, it must be an awkward thing because I know Alex feels very weird about it because he doesn't want Liverpool to win. But I don't want I, City to win. Yeah. I just want so, so, to win. so where do you sit on that particular fence? Well, to quote Gary Neville, choosing between City or Liverpool to take the title is like choosing which bloke is going to nick your wife. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's a good quote and that's exactly how I feel. The thing is, if, if Liverpool um, if Liverpool get the title, uh, do, do they do they go back uh, behind one of United of all, all the all the titles they've got? Yeah, it's twenty nineteen. So he's twenty eighteen yeah. currently. We've got twenty. They've got eighteen. So there'll still be one behind, but all the momentum will be with them. And obviously, they've got um, more Champions League, well, European Cups. I've got, I've got to admit, I'm, I'm, when you watch Liverpool play. And I watched with jealousy and admiration at the same time. Because, apart from uh, uh, the City game, they, they kind of they didn't play as well as I've seen them play. Um, usually, every pass they make goes to one of their players all the time. Even if they hit it in the air, it always ends up. But they, they were a bit sloppy, um, giving the ball away a few times. Um, it, it wasn't the Liverpool we've seen all season, uh, which is why City beat them. Richard, thank you very much for your call. It's been great to talk to you, and please uh, give us a call again. Uh, just the final co- thing before you go, who's going to get it? Who's going to win it at the end what? of the season? Liverpool or City? I think I think Liverpool are going to get it. They, they've had a little blip there. It'll be interesting to see how they react from that, but I think Liverpool are going to get it, unfortunately. All right, Richard. Thanks very much. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, uh, Richard. Yeah, sorry, we've, just, we've now been joined by Bernard Manning. <laughs> Take it off. Sorry. <laughs> I strained, my, I strained my voice yesterday when uh, <laughs> when Lukaku scored. So, so unbelievable it was. Yeah, so uh, it was. It was a great goal. It yeah. was a great goal. Uh, so Richard, they're talking about just at the end about about the league and obviously the, this game on Thursday. There's there's been a lot of talk about a lot of debate. It's very tense. It, it's a real changed, really changed the layup. Everyone's saying we've got a, we've got a title race back on. It's all mm. good. But City are still four points behind. Spurs six points behind Liverpool. Liverpool are still in in prime position. Yeah, well, I've I've got friends. I've got friends who support City, obviously, um, and people that I follow on Twitter. Uh, and the mood after the game from City fans, they were saying it was like one of the best ever City performances, and City are back. Um, which to me, it felt like a very un City like performance. 
Um, I, you know, no, it, it felt more like because we, we watched the Southampton game together, yeah, and that felt quite bitty at stages. It was a bit niggly. It was like there was pressure on. They they had to get the result. They did because right? of the three out of four losses that had followed it. Yeah, and so it they did, had to get back in. It had been it. a really bad month. We needed that, and so it was more a case of it was almost like the kind of game you'd expect under Jose Mourinho. Do what's needed to be done. Yeah, to get if, the result. Yeah. Well, I was thinking when I was watching the the Liverpool one, it was like a Mancini style. I expected Company to win it with a header one nil. It felt like that kind of a. Yeah. Well, Company was very lucky to still be on very, for the rest of the game. He was very well. very lucky, but th for the first sort of until City scored. I mean, it was a moment of real quality yeah. by Aguero, that finish. Um, but up until that, it felt like they'd not been... Although, although you did send me a message after the goal saying he should have been booked. Well, I that. think they should have stopped play five seconds before it because he, he took a tiny shove in the back from the Liverpool defender and he, he dived for a penalty and he, I think the ref should have stopped it and given a free kick to Liverpool, personally. Anyway, that said... Um, I thought the goal, it was a, it was a really good finish, but City players were all flying in. Even some of the, you know, even Silver, you saw real aggression yeah. from him. I mean, I can't, I can't think how many we got, but there was, we, I think we had more bookings in that game than we found in any game all season. They were flying around and, and we both were messaging each other saying, it's not going to end up 11 versus No, I was amazed at that. Yeah. Um, I also, when, I was amazed Liverpool didn't come out better because I, I think it's one thing to go out in a huge game, the atmosphere's fantastic and you're a little bit rabbit in headlights. But Liverpool didn't seem to put any real attacks together. They had obviously the thing that was cleared off the line, um, but they didn't have any passages of play where they kept the ball for any decent amount of time and I, I just thought I had a feeling I got 10 to 1 um, at half time for Liverpool and I just thought Liverpool might just nick this because they can't come out as bad and, and play as badly as they've been playing and actually they did <laughs> they, and, and I also thought as well at one point it just seemed to be an element of kind of almost like you know, show not showboating so much, but almost you know, like you and you just go, oh, "My dad's better than your dad." You know, my dad's my dad's harder than your dad. The, but the way both sides were just passing it along the goal line in the yeah, six-yard yeah. box, and it just seemed to be like they're both setting the trap for each other, and it just seemed to be a kind of like I've I've never seen two teams play like that. Maybe this is what happens in Spain or Italy all the time, but I've never seen it like that. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it was the just the rest of the marking where normally they'd be they'd possibly try and find someone off on the halfway line. Whether the marking was just so tight. The trouble because I watched it on telly, I didn't see the game live. So you can never quite no. get the true picture as to how tight everything is. But I can I can remember like four or five times in the first half, Edison had the ball and there's like two forwards either side of him and he sort of put, he passed it out once or twice and the same with them um, with Allison and it's that's something you just don't see from both of those two. Were you were you watching it at home? Yeah. Right, okay. So I I went to the pub, I was in the Ladybrook and uh, I, I was watching it there and it was so tense. My stomach was in, in, in doing knots. At one point, a couple of points where Sterling sort of lost possession or not. Yeah, not yeah, you texted yeah. me about and that. And the whole pub just, it was like a sitcom. You know, like in Cheers when Norm used to come in, right? Yeah, and yeah. Go, Norm! Right? Everybody went, oh, Sterling! Like, oh, like every single person in the pub. But it was just like, you know, when they say people were kicking every ball, filling everything. Honestly, the stomach was in knots. It was such an emotional journey to go through watching that game that the bloke that I, I happened to be stood next to watching, like when, when we got that winner and when it, when we made it through the five minutes of injury time, whatever, we almost kissed each other. We were that, like really? never seen him before, <laughs> no. but it was just like, 
but you just couldn't believe it. It was just that, that emotional journey that we'd been through. The yeah. tension. And then, I, as I say, I got home and I was sick because I still had all the adrenaline going around my system. See, I, I obviously didn't feel that same. I'd, I'd wanted City to win marginally more than I wanted Liverpool. I was hoping for some sort of massive scrap and both sides got docked 10 points and Tottenham <laughs> take the win. That would be the ideal result which, for which, me. Would you, would you be all right with Tottenham winning the league? Yeah, fine. This season, fine. Absolutely fine. Um, if the choice is City or Liverpool, this I'll take City every day of the week. Obviously, I will. But it still feels it feels dirty. It felt like that a couple of years ago when you know when Denver Bar scored at Anfield and stuff, and I was like, "Yay!" And it's like, oh, "Go on, City win the league." And then it's like, oh, I still don't feel hundred percent comfortable saying that. Controversial. Uh, MCR Footy Social on social media or oh three four five treble one seventy six twenty five. You might have seen this story this week about the Millwall uh, defender and also sometimes captain. Uh, Sean Hutchinson. Uh, so he missed the FA Cup game this weekend uh, because he injured himself taking the bins out at home. <laughs> <laughs> so he got apparently got a really deep cut on his shin. So that gave me idea. Right, so um, it must have been the glass recycling it bin. Could, it could have been. You know what I did once? You know, you know Ribena bottles? Yeah. They have those little things inside the lid to stop the, the leakage when you... Right, I was taking... Like a ring pull. Like a, there's the ring pull, but then it, it does it like in a triangle shape. Yeah, like yeah. those things that you hang pot towels exactly, from in the kitchen. Right? Yeah. I was taking the plastic out to recycle and to carry more bottles than I could, I put my fingers through the tops. Right. Don't put your finger through that because it goes one way. Honest to God, I almost lost my finger. No, right. you did. I, I almost on. did. I got stuck in that. Anyway, I've got pictures on Facebook. I'll show you. All right, 0345 We're going to play an injury game for you next on the Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, this Sunday afternoon or whenever you're listening. If you're coming and joining us on the podcast, if you've not done that yet, uh, just look for Manchester Football Social wherever you get your podcast from. I'm Ant McGinley, the City fan. Alex Boardman, United uh, fan. That makes it sound like I'm the only City fan. I think there's well, a few, a few of us. Yeah, there's definitely like, a lot more on Thursday night. Yeah, there's nine or ten more of you, isn't there? <laughs> uh, so anyway, just to recap, because it's FA Cup Day. So these are some of the headline scores. City with a lucky 7-0 victory over Rotherham. United with a magnificent 2-0 over Reading yesterday. Bolton beat Walsall 5-2. Oldham uh, 2-1 away at Fulham. Fantastic. And a little shock just coming now. Uh, Newport at yeah. home to Leicester. Yeah. 1-2-1. Which means, right, seeing as Leicester beat City as well, that in that kind of schoolboy maths that you do, Newport. if Newport gets City in the next round, game over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 4-2. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Oh, right, so uh, we've been talking about all things uh, FA Cup, and also we've been talking about the big game that was on Thursday night, and there's been some interesting fallout from that as well. So, for me, possibly one of the highlights of the season... Um, was that goal line scramble save from John Stones. Almost to the point, you know, like the thing, you see those things like Jesus saves, those little wristbands you can get. Yeah. I think we should get Stone saves. Well, that was a goal every day of the minute. I was watching it going, no, can't believe it didn't go in. And it even looked like on the telly, even yeah. like I was two or three yards old. So if you've not seen it, what happened, basically Marnie waltzes through, uh, the ball hits, goes past Edison, hits the post, comes right back out, and 
Edison goes for it as Stones goes for it, and they kind of hit against each other. Yeah, the Stones clears it and it hits, hits Edison's Edison. wrist. Yeah, and it loops back over and it's going over the line, and somehow Stones manages to clear it, but it looks pretty close. They come back with the goal line. The the wrist doesn't go off on the ref. They come back and they show it. They zoom in, and the the official measurement is, uh, it was one point one two centimeters. Mm. Eleven millimeters of the ball was still on the line, so it didn't cross the line, which means it's a goal. Now, that's led to some interesting social media. I don't know if you've seen this, any other of you. Um, but uh, some Liverpool fans were saying, it wasn't Lovren's fault that we lost. It was, and insert your own words here, the person who painted the lines. Those goal lines don't look standard thickness to me. They've gone too wide and should be measured by an independent adjudicator, and City should face retrospective action. Now, I don't know, do, do you know what the official rules are on how thick the goal line should be, Niall? I have no idea. I think there is. I, I, I trained as a referee when I was younger. Right. When I was about 14, 13, trained as a referee. And they do give you a book, The Laws of the Game, and you get a new one every yeah. season, they give it to you. And all of the measurements are in there, so you've got your 10 yards or 9.15 metres or whatever it translates to. I reckon there must be somewhere, if you delve into the bowels of that book, there must be an official ruling of how thick the lines can be, surely. Well, if, you, if you just think of it like, you know, the line's in the centre of a road. There's, yeah. a, there's a machine that does yeah. that, isn't there, that you walk behind. Well, it must be the same. They mustn't just do, like, ten different versions of a machine. They must be the same machine that they used to do, that, even the same at City as it is to, like, just, you know flat fields or something. It must be the same. I think so, but not all pitches are the same size, are they? Like, if you go to someone... The like, lines are, though. We're talking about uh, the lines. Yeah, Surely they must be the but same. But, I mean, if the lines are massive and you've got a small pitch, so, I don't well, know. Here's a question for you. Do Because do, I know, like, not every FA Cup game has the VAR technology. Only Premier League games. Only, only, mm. only Premier League games. But do all football league grounds have the goal line technology now? Uh, I think the ch I'm not sure. I think the championship they're thinking about bringing it in. They might have already brought it in. It definitely hasn't filtered down to League One and Two level. I, but, um, I, can, I can't wait till you, you get that at school matches. You know those yeah, kind of things yeah. where, like everyone watches got on the, their smartwatch and it just buzzes when it goes in. There was, there was a good advert about a year or so ago on the telly about um, figuring out who's the first at the bar to get served. And the, the barman's got a watch, so ah. he, can he can figure out who's the first there. So <laughs> like the watch goes off and think, who's first to get a pint? Just going back <laughs> to the stupid Liverpool fan who's tweeted that. I've yeah. the, the line must be the same width as the goalpost, and all the goalposts have to be the same width, because you don't you never see no. a, a goal line that's like twice the size, width of a goalpost, do you, yeah. or well, half the width? Well, I, maybe then, in that case, the camera's pointing down over the top of the goal. Maybe doesn't matter how big the lines are, as long as the ball's past the Past the, the crossbar, yeah, so it's probably not the line, it's probably the bar, isn't I, it? I think so. I yeah, think well, right good shout, Niall. There we go. That, the thing was, amazingly, that was not the most ridiculous thing said about the game by a Liverpool fan. <laughs> right, uh, this is uh, from our friends at the Anfield Wrap. I could not believe, Mel Reddy, the length of the Manchester City pitch, the amount to which it cut up, the fact that it didn't look well. It looked like a pitch that had been prepared for one thing, and that was to stop fast passing. This is a Pep Guardiola pitch that's been set up to stop fast passing, and I think that tells the story of how Manchester City approached the game about as much as anything else does. <laughs> he finds it really hard to say fast passing. <laughs> no, fast just, passing. Just, just the most obvious thing for me is... Both teams are playing on that. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. Both. So that's the thing. Both teams have to play on that. Uh, does he have a point, though? I mean, and the other thing well, is... Well, that's like, always been the case. Right. No. Always been the case. Look, Why so, would he have a point? They've won at Crystal Palace, which is a bit of a cow field. They've won at places this season worse than that. Yeah, at Spurs particularly. Oh, yeah. should I say Wembley after the American football? It's absolutely. So... Mm, I'm not really sure the guy's got a point. He, but hasn't, yeah, got, he hasn't got a point because, you know, they water the pitch sometimes so much against and, certain teams. And also the pitches are half gra half grass, half plastic grass these yeah. days. So yeah. they don't, it's not like they're cutting up like a rugby They pitch. even cut the pitch at half-time at Old Trafford. So they're cutting it before, like an hour before they're cutting it. They cut it at half-time and they cut it straight after. I think that the amount of water they put on the pitch is is definitely something that the managers can can alter. Yeah. And you can water the pitch to make it better for passing, but you can also make it boggy as. Which, yeah. which you can do really quickly, but, right, and, and I'm not making myself out to be some kind of botanist here, but you can't grow grass you can't grow grass that quickly. But you so can cut it, I suppose. You, yeah, I you didn't notice that. Yeah, it doesn't... I didn't no. notice that, the length of the... This is why no one... For an, for an, This Liverpool team should be really well-loved by the neutral because they do play very, very good football. Like Tottenham, people... Neutral fans don't mind Tottenham, I yeah. don't think. But I think, the, the you know, some of the things they were saying about Lovren after the game, the, some of the Liverpool fans, and then things like this, and just always reeks of, like, slightly... Yeah, they don't endear themselves to... They I mean, don't. Even, even someone like Salah, who I, I really admire the bloke, he's obviously a great player, and he just seems like a genuinely nice fella. Yeah, he does. Salah. But then he dived for a penalty last week and got the decision, and I just thought, really? I mean, it just puts you off of liking a player when they've done something like that, and you think, well, I don't, you know what, I don't so, like But him. then, does, does that mean, for example, Alex, do you not like Rashford if he goes down and gets Love Rashford. Rashford could do... Rashford, <laughs> Rashford could knock me over with a car, and he'll still be my favourite Shall we? Shall we play a game, gentlemen? Let's do it. Come on. All right, so this is inspired uh, by the uh, Millwall defender, Sean Hutchinson, who injured himself taking out the bins, missed the FA Cup this weekend. And I remember, this is not the only time, because um, I remember when City signed Jerome Boateng, on the plane on the way over, the air hostess ran over his foot with the trolley, <laughs> and he was out for about six weeks after that. So what I thought I'd do is see, there must be more players like this, so I came up with a little game. So I want you to see if you can fill in the blank spaces, all right? Can... Can you correctly identify what caused these players' injuries? So I'll start with a nice easy one. You might even remember this from last season. Marco Asensio missed the Champions League game because of a blank which stopped him pulling up his socks. Marco Asensio missed the Champions League game because of a blank which stopped him pulling up his socks. Hmm. Oh, I can think like a lump on his shin or something is the only thing I can think of. What stopped him pulling up Could his socks? Could it be socks? a splinter? A splinter? Could he have yeah, got a splinter in his foot? I guess these are supposed to be weird injuries, right, aren't they? So, yeah. Oh, goodness. Veruca? Something on his hands, maybe, so that he couldn't actually physically pull it. Well, no, because someone else could have done it for him. Why couldn't someone else It's got to be someone on his leg. It has to be. All right, so uh, the Real Madrid wonder kid missed the game because he had an infection in a pimple which was caused by <laughs> epilating the hairs on his legs. Oh, he oh, shaved wow. his legs. <laughs> and that stopped him pulling up his socks. All right, uh, next one. Goalkeeper Dave Besson famously dropped a blank in the kitchen, tried to control it with his bare foot and tore a tendon in his big toe. Was it a chopping board? 
Is it? I thought it was a bottle of like ketchup or something. Oh, maybe or pump- point, a, a pump- pumpkin or something like that. Point goes know? to Alex. It was a bottle of salad cream. He missed oh, salad cream. <laughs> yeah, missed two months of the season. But uh, that's not uncommon for goalies to be injured by glass bottles. Something very similar happened to a fella called Santiago Canisares. He was Spain's number one for the 2002 World Cup. Good keeper. Until just before the tournament, he dropped an aftershave bottle. Tried to clean up the mess with his bare feet, severed the tendon in his toe, and never played for Spain again. Wow. All right, so next one for you. Uh, <laughs> Must when, have been expensive. <laughs> uh, when playing for Leeds, Rio Ferdinand managed to strain a tendon in his knee, playing blank. Twister. Oh, that's a good one. I was going to go for ping pong. Uh-uh. Ludo. <laughs> Pro Evo. What? Yeah, he had his leg resting on the coffee table for too long. Let's be honest, we've all done yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, so uh, midfielder Adam Chapman was on loan at Mansfield when he managed to end up in hospital after burning his nipple with blank while babysitting. Burning his with a pizza. Something like a. He must have been <laughs> having something. Just some sort Could of food. Could it, babysitting feels like it should be a clue. Could it be like hair curlers? Or I'm thinking what you could burn yourself on. I was going to say hair straighteners, but yeah. I thought, why are you babysitting? Is that particularly responsible to be walking around with a, b- a baby monitor? Do they get hot? The correct answer, I'll give you a half point, Alex, was baby milk. His then manager broke the news saying that, like the good daddy is, he was making his baby some milk and he managed to shake the bottle up and down, but he didn't put the lid back on properly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That would have burnt that it's baby, wouldn't it? Himself. That's yeah. too hot. <laughs> and finally, before we have to go, in 2002, Darius Vassell injured himself by trying to drain a blood blister on his toe with a blank. Oh, this is former Manchester City striker, Darius Vassell, when he was playing at Aston Villa, a toothpick or something yeah, like that. Yeah, a pin. You used to use a pin, didn't yeah, you? Something it's like got to be a toothpick. Uh, yeah, something weird. A like hot that. pin. You're saying a hot pin? Yeah, it's Or hot. a toothpick? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Rock, rock, paper, scissors. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, that was... Well, rock, everybody rock, goes paper, scissors. scissors. Right, rock, paper, scissors, go. Oh, no. Rock, paper, scissors. What, You're what? both wrong. Oh, it was a power drill. What? Yeah, he'd been suffering with a swollen big toe and he only succeeded in making it worse when he drilled through the nail in the hope of draining the blood and easing the pressure. What? Only then did he did he seek his professional help. Yes. We've got access to literally physios, chiropractors, doctors. That's all we've got time for. We'll put more of those on the podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Jim is back with a football social tomorrow. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. So thanks very much for joining us on the show. Alex has had to run off, but Niall's still here. And I thought, seeing as that last game was a little bit of fun, we'd, we'd play some more. Sounds good to me. Yeah, all right. So uh, you enjoying that? Yeah, you, do you know what? I feel like when you introduce yourself as a City fan and Alex is a United fan and I'm stood here as a Portsmouth fan producer, I feel like the poor cousin. Like, <laughs> I feel like the poor cousin of you guys, you know, talking about City and United in the Premier League. We're, we're, no, we're, we're all we're all family here. We've all won the FA Cup in this millennium. Yes. There we go. Yes. There's there's a nice link I'll for us. I'll take that for sure. All right. So the game, as you know, is we're just playing, but I've got some more here and thought we didn't have time in the, sh- on the radio show, but it's a podcast. And so uh, we've got as much time as we want, really. Uh, so here we go. Uh, your next question is... Uh, let's go back to uh, some players you'll have heard of. Uh, the 1990 World Cup, just before it, uh, Captain Brian Robson uh, was given a challenge with Paul Gascoigne, which he failed. 
what was the challenge he failed which resulted in him getting a broken toe? I remember reading something about Gaza trying to go and play tennis with some strange tourists. I think some maybe some Italian or some American tourists in Italy. He tried to go and play tennis and um, he snuck down to play tennis and Gaza was just on an absolute mad one as he does. And then Bobby Robson found out and ended up absolutely walloping him for, uh, for, for breaking the rules and being out of bed when they were supposed to be in bed ready for a game. I don't know if that's the same story, if that's linking to something. I, I, I'm going to give you half a point because bed is involved in this. So basically, uh, Gascoigne had slept in again. So and he'd right. done that. All. So the, Robson was nominated to go and wake him up, and so Robson basically um, tried to get him out of bed, failed, and so what he did was he picked up the bed to tip Gazza out, <laughs> and then having done that successfully, woke him up and did that. He then dropped the bed onto his toe, broke it, and I think Ouch. that is why he wasn't fully fit for the 1990 World Cup. Ouch! Yeah, that's uh, that's an odd one. That. All right, next one for you. Um, Alan Wright was a left back who made over 250 appearances for Aston Villa. He injured himself after buying a Ferrari. <laughs> right. He managed to sprain his knee, reaching for blank. Sprain his knee, reaching. Well, I don't know how tall he was. It was it was five. It was five foot four. I'll give you that. Reaching, reaching for the handbrake, then surely. It was reaching for the accelerator pedal. <laughs> no, <laughs> five foot four. Yeah. Go on, righty, love it. Liam Lawrence tripped over his blank during the night and fell down the stairs, which ruled him out for a considerable period of time. Liam Lawrence tripped over his blank during the night and fell down the stairs, ruling him out for a considerable period of time. Oh, to be honest, no idea. No idea. Liam Lawrence used to play for Portsmouth, so I, I think if it happened during the time he was at Pompey, I'd remember it. If this happened during the time he was at Pompey, then I am a terrible supporter. I actually don't know. What would you have on your landing? He was at Stoke at the time. He was at perhaps. Stoke, okay. Mm. Okay. He Not tri- sure. He tripped over his dog. His dog? And then in his comeback game... How big was the dog? He, his comeback game, he scored against Blackburn winning the game, which gave us the headline, Dogged Liam Lawrence Bites Rovers. Oh, I hope he had a good celebration as well. Can you imagine the old, uh, the old, you know, corner flag dog celebration? Classic, that one. And, all right. <laughs> Manchester United legend Alex Stepney once dislocated his blank by blank in a game against Birmingham. Dislocated. What I want to say, dislocated his shoulder by doing a rude gesture to the fans. He dislocated his jaw, (laughs) shouting orders at his (laughs) defence. That's the summit out of a horror film. Oh, that's brilliant. That's a good one, that. All right, and uh, let's go for one more. I'll try and get this one. I've got none so far. Alex got salad cream in the show, so I'm stuck here with no points. So hopefully you can try and get this one. All right, so here's this one. When at Sunderland, Kevin Kyle was forced to make a trip to hospital after his eight-month son, eight-month-old son, kicked a ball of boiling water onto blank. It's got to be his testicles, isn't it? It was his Yes! <laughs> I knew I'd get one. <laughs> yeah, a club insider said he's walking a bit like John Wayne at oh, the moment. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, my. Sorry, boss. I can't play this week because... Oh, that's a, that's a bad one. That's a rough one. Ah, oh, it's not enough ice. 
Uh, right, that was the game. Thanks very much uh, for playing that. I hope you enjoyed the show. And thanks to everybody that called in today and t- took part in the social. Thanks to Niall for joining in as well. And thanks to Bernard Manning, who's gone off to do his gig. <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.